Well, we're receiving great feedback from our series called Creativity Unlocked. And uh, I've defined creativity as simply finding answers in hidden places. How, how many need some answers right now? In your world, you're searching for answers. You're looking for answers. I love the fact that God has the answers. He has the answers to the questions we're asking, and He has answers to the questions we aren't even asking. And in this season, you know, many people, even around us, are looking for answers. And here we have an opportunity to declare God's goodness to their life. And I like what Paul said, and I'm going to read the scripture out in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Been using this in the series, chapter 2, verse 8. It says, Always remember. So what am I here to do today? I'm here to remind you again. Always remember, he says, that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. Never forget that, that Jesus didn't just die, but He rose again. See, when you understand that, that means that you understand that nothing is impossible to God. He reversed death. He can reverse anything in your life. So always remember. Come on, if you sit next to somebody right now, just slap them and say, always remember. Always remember that Jesus rose from the dead. He said, this is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal. He's saying, I'm in lockdown. I'm in a prison. I'm confined into this natural space. But I love the fact he goes on the next verse. He says, but the Word of God cannot be changed. Uh, Yeah, we right now are in a lockdown, but I love the fact that ministry is not contained, that the Word of God cannot be contained. And he goes on and says, so I'm willing to enjoy anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. I really believe right now God's highlighted people in our world to come to know Him in this season. Family members who don't know Him. Friends who are away from God. Come on, this is a season of salvation. And I'm believing that there's going to be breakthrough on the left, on the right. There's going to be breakthrough all around us in Jesus' name. See, it's so easy for each and every one of us to get caught up by the nose. You know, it's no meeting with families and friends. No, no getting together. No school, no travel. There's no travel. There's, there's no holidays. No Christmas. I'm not saying there's going to be no Christmas. Some of you are already going, oh, there might be no Christmas. Come on, you negative Nancys and Nigels. You know, I just had to use Nancy and Nigel because there's alliteration there. But, but I re- there's going to be Christmas. But we can get so caught up by everything they're saying no to us right now. In fact, we get trapped by the no and we don't see that God wants to actually do something else. We get caught up by the no's that we miss the yes of God. I really believe right now God's saying yes in a lot of situations and circumstances. But because we're caught up by the no, we're in danger of missing the yes. See, with God, there's always a way. There's always a way. And we must live from the premise that God is always working. 
that, that God's purpose is never on hold. God has a purpose for the season. God has a purpose for what you're going through right now. And God has a way and we need to be in tune with His voice. That's why fasting is really important because it removes the clutter. It removes the noise from our life so that we can be in tune with what He's saying. And I really believe in the season, God wants to bring clarity to people's lives. There, there's a yes in God. What an opportunity that we have right now to minister to the world around us. See, if you're a parent, you know, you often find yourself saying, no, 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 you can't do that. No, no. And sometimes your kids don't listen. So you raise your voice and you go, no, no, don't do that. No. And your voice gets louder and louder. Come on, any parents know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no. And you, you can say no a lot. And, and then sometimes, you know, when your kid comes and asks you for permission, yeah, you go, yes, but how many know you don't even need to yell that. You just need to mouth it. And they know, yes, and they run with it. And I really believe, you know, when it comes to the yes of God, sometimes it's a silent whisper, but we can miss it because we're hearing the no's. But there's a yes right now. Come on, right now in your spirit, there's something that God wants to release. He wants to unlock. He wants to hit you to forge your head and not hold back in. And the Christian life is not just defined by what we're being saved from. Yes, that's good. That's our testimony. But the Christian life and this series is about, is about what we're being saved to. God has saved us and He's called us according to His purpose. And when we begin to understand what He saved us to, that then breaks a cycle in our life. And it's that understanding that enables us to change the world. I just quickly want to take you to the Israelites' history. And, and this is a pattern right throughout Scripture. You know, Israel was, was born from a family where there was 11 brothers who sold one brother into slavery. So Israel finds its origins in somebody being unfairly treated, sold into slavery. But, but that one brother, whose name was Joseph, who was sold into slavery, ends up saving the family's lives. You know, saving them out of a famine. And in the end, they, they get a piece of land. Now, what happens? That family starts reproducing so quickly that they began to outnumber the Egyptians. And so what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh, he gets threatened by them and he puts them all into slavery. Get this, the family that puts one of its members into slavery all end up in slavery, only for God to raise up a deliverer called Moses. And Moses was to deliver them out of slavery and give them the mandate to, hey, Moses, what I want you to do, and the people of God, I want you to maintain justice, righteousness to the poor and to the least. Now, in a lot of places, they don't do that very well. In some instances, it was horrible. And if we go through to the, the third king of Israel, a guy by the name of Solomon, Solomon builds a temple, but he uses slave labor to build the temple. So get this, the guy who comes from a lineage of freed slaves is using slaves to build the temple to honour the Lord who frees the slaves. Do you get the irony in that? 
So what happens is this group of people end back in slavery in a place called Babylon. And what seems to be happening in the story is until this group of people embrace God's call to set people free from slavery, they then find themselves enslaved. Come on, do you see the pattern? Now, the question we've got to ask is, could that be our story as well? See, our Christian life is not just what we're being saved from, but we need to understand what we're being saved to. Question is, what are you using your freedom for? See, all of our walks with God started with a yes. Say yes, not to the dress. Say yes to God. Say say yes to God. It started with a yes, but that yes it had a no in behind it. It's like, like the Israelites' journey. You know, they had this relationship with God, but then they received the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are a list of no. What are they? No other gods. No other images. No Sabbath breaking. No dishonoring your parents. No adultery. No stealing. No lying. No murdering. So, so the life with God starts with a list of no's. It's just like when you get married, you make, you're saying yes, but you're saying no to all the other options. There's, there's a list of no's. You don't do that. You're married. You're committed. But at some point, you know, as it is, if it's just no's, those lists of no's can get boring. For a lot of people, you don't even think about doing that stuff in the Ten Commandments. It's, it's like... No one this week has probably struggled with the urge to kill somebody. Or maybe you have. If you have, uh, click the link in the chat. We'd love to pray for you. Uh, but that's not part of our story. Or uh, nobody, you know, the, the, the issue of stealing somebody else's spouse, that's not really an issue. Or lying or, you know, those other things. It's If you've been following Jesus for some time, that's probably no longer part of your story. And at some point in our life, we've got to move on from the yes that's centered around the no to a yes that's centered around a yes. See, a yes that's centered around a no is all about what do I abstain from? A yes centered around a yes is what do I need to engage with for others? What do I need to engage with for others? See, it's not just what we're being saved from that, that matters, it's what we're being saved to. And when we get a hold of this, it's then and there we begin to live. It's then and there we begin to unlock that creative potential that lies within. Again, you are creative. In fact, you just need to say that out loud right now. Say, I am creative. You are creative. We are all creative. And there's a creative power that lies within us that God's given us to fulfill His purpose, which is to bless other people. Uh, It's not just about, the Christian life is not just defined by what we abstain from. You know, Jesus deals with us with a guy by the name of the rich young ruler. It's a story found in Mark chapter 10. In fact, we'll read this story and you can pick it up here in verse 17. And it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. He said, good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 18 says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. 
You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these I've kept since I was a boy. So yeah, I've done. I've got the nose down. I got the nose down. But Jesus then looked at him and loved him. I really believe Jesus, he's looking at our lives. He loves us so much. He says, one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Yeah, he was following all the no's. But because it wasn't because he had wealth, it was more that wealth had him. He wasn't able to say yes. He wasn't free to follow God's call and God's purpose for his life. I want to say there's a more profound yes that we need to engage with. And the yes is centered around others and mission. That's why Heart Week was so amazing. And we don't want it just to last a week. This is the life that God's called us to. See, here's the problem with Israel. Israel got so focused on the no's that they actually lost sight of the profound yes in what they were giving their life to. And here's a myth that we need to you know, get rid of. The myth is, is that empty space doesn't remain vacant. Come on, if you've got a spare room, how many know that spare room is not an empty room? Something will always come and fill that space. If you don't park a car in a garage, something else is going to park there. Some other stuff is going to get in that space. And it's the same with our life. When we say no to a whole lot of stuff we used to do, it's not like that space remains empty. You've got to start to fill that space with the yes. And that's where your creative potential is unlocked. Here's a thought right now. Our life, our thinking, our time, our resources, they're being filled with something and used for something. What are they? Because the question we've got to ask ourselves is, are our time, our resources, our thinking, are they freeing others? Because if, if it's not about freeing others, there's a danger that we're actually enslaving ourselves. It's not like we just push pause. We're either freeing others or we're being enslaved ourselves. Come on, if, if you're stuck, trapped right now. You know, maybe it's because you haven't heard the yes of God, the call of God. And, and what God would do with the Israelites is He would come and bring a prophet to wake them up and say, no, God's got a better life for you. There's a better way to do this. And I really believe God wants to use the situation and settings we find ourselves in right now to awaken the call that lies within people's hearts. Come on, there's a yes. Can you hear that yes? Or are you just trapped with the nose? Here's the test of that. Here's the test. Uh, when we get the initial gut level response, like, well, I'd never do that we should actually pause and investigate our lives. Uh, right now on social media, there's a whole lot of uh, red flag phenomenon going on. Red flags are out there, you know, the comment sections, 
They're on Twitter. People are putting out red flags. It's like, you know, somebody listening to this message and, and could say, well, this doesn't apply to me. You'd put a whole lot of red flags alongside of that. Because there's a danger that we listen to the Word of God and we apply it to somebody else's life. <laughs> I really believe this, this message applies to all who are listening. You know, I read flags, you know, for some people, you know, people say, those who drink coffee go, oh, well, giving up coffee is easy. I put a whole lot of red flags after that statement because <laughs> uh, some of you may get sciatica, but that's all right. God can meet you at your place of need. You know, others, you know, it's like, may, may say, well, uh, you know, I love the way the world's going, you know, the direction it's going in. Again, a whole lot of red flags there. Well, somebody might say, 2022 is the warrior's year. A whole lot of red flags would go there. Or, you know, somebody else would say, I haven't watched Netflix in months. <laughs> you know, to that would say, yeah, right, yeah, right. Uh-huh. And, and a lot of us, you know, we can look at situations and circumstances and then ourselves, oh, well, I, I would never do that. I would never do that. Who are those crazy people? That, that's not me. I would never do that. But if we're to be honest, there's a, a little Pharisee that lives on the inside of each and every one of us. And it's when we take the Word of God and we apply it to everything else, but we don't allow it to touch our heart. You know, so often we can get mad at other people for doing the same thing that we do. You know, they do it and we get mad at them and, and we do it. And there's a, a little bit of a hypocrite that lies on the inside of each and every one of us. You know, what we do sometimes is we, we get all political and what politicians do is they deflect, you know, and they focus, they focus on the speck in somebody else's eye while they've got a plank in their own eye. And we've got to watch that. And, and this is where we've got to stop and investigate because I believe God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Uh, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, Jesus says this. He says, the seed falling among the thorns, he told a parable, and he said, the seed falling among the thorns refers to somebody who hears the word, hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke that word, making it unfruitful. Just because you're hearing the word doesn't mean it's going to be fruitful in your life. And we can hear it, apply it to somebody else. But come on, God wants it to take root and bear fruit. And here's the first I would never statements. In fact, I've got four of these this morning. Four, I would never do that statements. The initial one is, I would never let the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth rob me from God's best for my life. I, I would never do that. I would never do that. In fact, some of you heard me talk about this before is the worries of life come from the Jewish thought that it's really the failure to be here. It's like you can't focus. Some of you right now, you, you've got this on and you've got Netflix on and you're looking at social media. I want you to say, come here, be here, be present. You know, you can be here, but your mind can be somewhere else. And that's what the worries of this life is all about. It's like, I'm here, but I'm not here, I'm over there. And that's worry. 
Because some of us are worried about missing out. And you don't actually have to be anxious about anything, but you just can't physically be present. You can't focus. You can be physically here, but mentally you're over there. And and it's like, I want to say to those who are watching online, for an hour or so on a Sunday, how about tune out everything else? Some of you, you know, you're preparing your lunch while you're watching this. Yeah, let's focus in. Because you need to be fully present if you're going to get what God wants to give you. you. You actually need to lean in. Some of us, we're too worried about what's happening in the next couple of hours that we can't even focus right now. And that's the worries of this life. And they have the ability to what? Choke the Word of God. The second thing he said was the deceitfulness of wealth. And in Jewish thought, that's the thought of the failure to be now. So, so the first one, the worries of this life is the failure to be here. The deceitfulness of wealth is the failure to be now. And it's the idea that there's something outside of me that I don't currently have. And if I obtained it, I would feel better. You know, if I had more money, but the fact is more is never going to be enough. You know, wanting something, it's like you're wanting something that you don't have, thinking it's going to meet a need that is present in your life right now. And then you, you reach out for it, and you get it, and then you realize it didn't do what you thought it would do. In fact, one philosopher said this. He said, we fluctuate between pain and boredom. Pain and boredom. We go through all this pain to get what we think will satisfy us, that will make our life better. But once we get it, we're still bored. And Jesus, what is He doing? He's challenging these people. He's saying, the worries of this life, always being somewhere else, and the deceitfulness of wealth, chasing the thing that we don't have, thinking it will make us better. You know, they're the things that can choke the Word of God. Come on, don't be a choker. Yeah, and it's those two things, the, the, the lies, the two lies that the serpent spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. It was like the best way to organize your life is around good and evil. You know, in other words, the enemy right now wants to get people focused on the sideshow that they miss the main event. And the main event in any person's life is in our, found in our relationship with Jesus. Money and wealth. That's not going to satisfy your heart, but knowing Jesus will. And and the enemy wants to convince us that there's something outside of us that if we had it, we'd feel better. And and Jesus is challenging them, so you won't be fruitful that way. It'll kill, it'll choke the very thing that has the ability to make your life fruitful. And Jesus was challenging them to a more profound life. And maybe right now you're saying, well, I would never do that. I would never do that. I'd never let that happen, but just maybe we do. Second thought, second, I would never, is they came to Capernaum in Mark chapter 9, verse 33. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what are you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet on the way. They had argued about who was the greatest. That's what they had argued about. They didn't want Jesus to know that. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the last and the servant of all. Some of us say, I would never do that. I would never be in the presence of Jesus and worry about who was getting recognized or promoted. 
But sometimes we can get secretly angry when somebody else gets noticed and somebody else gets the opportunity. I believe the test of our heart is how do we respond to the favor on somebody else's life? Because how we respond to the favor on somebody else's life actually says a lot about us. Come on, do we react? Because if we do, maybe we need to pause. Maybe from time to time we find ourselves in this place and, and we fight over menial stuff rather than recognize that, that God's got a specific yes, a unique yes for each and every one of us. And while others going, uh, are going forward, it doesn't mean you're being held back. The third, I would never. In Luke chapter 10, verse 30, it says, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going to Jerusalem, to Jericho, when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Some of you are saying, I'll never do that. What's wrong with that priest? What's wrong with those people right now? You hear a lot of that in, in comments on social media. I would never do that. Maybe we need to pause. Because maybe we've been walking on the other side for so long that we've insulated ourselves from the pain that's around us. You know, for the people who say, man, I love lockdown. Lockdown's sweet. Well, it may be for you. But what about those who are losing jobs? What about all those around you who are suffering? Come on, we need to open our eyes to the pain that is actually right now present in our world. Yeah, sometimes we can go through a week without engaging in the need that's around us. Here, it's not like we're doing the wrong things. In fact, in many places, we're doing the right thing. But on the way to doing something right, what happened in the story is he stepped over doing something more profound. Maybe like the Pharisees would say, I'd never do that, but we do it all the time. Which brings me to the fourth, I would never. Let's go to Luke chapter 12, verse 13. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to him, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed, because life does not consist in an abundance of positions. Now, some of us would say, well, I would never let money come between me and my brother. I'd never do that. You know, I would always honour relationship over stuff. But do we? Do we sometimes actually honour stuff over relationships? You know, I want to say, in this season, division, as I said last week, is the enemy. And there's a lot of things right now that are out there to divide people. And as a church, we need to be on guard and we need to really see what the enemy is trying to do. See, outside of willful sin, division, discord is the main weapons that the enemy has to stop you entering into everything that God has for our life. Right now, a lot of people are focused on being right. You know, I need to be right and long-term relationships are suffering. And as I said, let's not make sure in the season we're not doing long-term damage to relationships while well, we're searching and seeking for short-term answers. If you want a chapter to read, and I challenge you to read this, is, is Romans chapter 14. This is a now nah chapter. 
you know, especially when we're dealing with vaccines and we're dealing with a whole lot of things going on and people are making decisions. Romans 14 verse 1 says this. It says, Accept other believers who are weak in the faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Whoa. For instance, one person believes it's all right to take the vaccine. Oh, sorry, is that there? No, it's not there. But another believer is more sensitive, with a sensitive conscience will not take it or will, will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything or to take it or not to take it must look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Wow, that speaks right into where we're at. God has accepted them. And right now the enemy is wanting to divide. The enemy is wanting to separate. But this is where you and I need to step up and we need to say, hey, we're not gonna let division in. It goes on, it says, who are you to condemn someone else's servants? I'm not my brother's master. Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with God's help, they will stand and receive His approval. There's so much in this chapter, so much in this chapter. But I want to quickly jump down to verse 19. It says, so, let, so, then, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try and build one another up. So what's our aim in this season? Harmony. Harmony are different notes. But when you bring them together, something beautiful takes place. And it may be right now, your brother is reading from a, well, he's singing a different note. But if you bring it together, come on, this is what we're gonna aim for. We're gonna aim for harmony. Harmony, and we're gonna build one another up. It's then and there we can reflect all that God is. There's so many things that want to take us our focus. The no's, no's, no's. Everyone's no, 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 no. But let's be in tune to the yes. Yeah, I, I would never, some of us are saying, I'd never let the worries of this life choke God's, the Word, choke God's best for me. I would never let the deceitfulness of wealth distract me. I would never buy into the lie that more money is going to lead to more happiness. That, that's crazy. I, I would never want to be noticed. My ambition would never turn selfish. Maybe, just maybe we need to check ourselves. Because I found none of us are immune from that. You know, some of us, I would never step over someone in obvious need. Even if I was on the way to do something important, I, I'd never do that. I, I would never break relationship over a disagreement of money. I would never do that. Come on, have we said I would never? Red flags, red flags right there. I, I would never. Where right now do we need to bring the worries of this life and leave them and give them to Jesus? Where do we even need to admit the deceitfulness where we're brought into the lie? The deceitfulness of wealth will come and answer our desire, our need. Money can't do what God can do. Money is a false God. Come on, where are we secretly angry because we've been overlooked? 
Or where are we stepping over someone in obvious need to meet our own schedule? You know, are we prioritising material wealth over relationship? See, see, true life, the yes, true life. And this is how Jesus put it. True life is found in de-promoting ourselves to make somebody else's life better. See, we're either freeing others or we're being enslaved ourselves. See, if I become less to make you more, that's where true life really starts. And that is, get this, that is the message of the cross. That is the gospel message. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And Jesus wants you to live a full life. Not an empty life. Some of you are going, what if I miss out? When you center on Christ, you never miss out. And when your focus is on serving others, God pours more back into your life than you ever could imagine. But it's all to do our focus. Come on, some of you, you've been gripped by the nose and you're missing the yes. He saved you, yes, He has saved you. He saved you from your past. He saved you from the shame and the guilt of those mistakes. He saved you from, but He saved you and He's called you. And He's called you according to His purpose. This is a time to step into His purpose. God, I really believe there's a wake-up call happening on the inside of people today. Come on, let's hear His voice. Let's tune in and say yes to Him with our whole heart. How about you just close your eyes where you are, eliminate all distraction. Because I feel like, you know, some of us, yeah, it's like the nose, nose, no, 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 no. And we're getting, frown- we're getting upset by the nose. We've lost our peace because of all the nose. And I want you to remove the nose and right now just hear the yes in the Spirit. The yes of God. There is a way. I'm going to make a way where there's no way. I'm going to move in your life. I'm going to use you to free others. Those chains, those areas of restriction in your life, they're going to be no longer in Jesus' name. And right now we speak freedom, we speak hope, and we even release joy, the joy of what it is to serve you. We thank you, God. Lord, you're doing a great work among us. And I pray, Lord, people would know, know your presence, know your spirit right where they are. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You're doing miracles in people's hearts, miracles in people's lives right now. And we release it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Well, one of the greatest miracles that can happen in anyone's life is when they receive Jesus into their heart. It's not our good works that get us right with God. None of us are good enough. We don't do. We don't measure up. Jesus came. He died on the cross. He paid the price of our sin. He made a way where there was no way so that you and I can have a relationship with God so that we could know forgiveness from our sin where we fall short and so that we could enter into the life 
that He planned for us a long time ago. Friend, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. And as Rick Warren said, you didn't create yourself, so you can't tell yourself what you're created for. Only God can do that. And so today, if you don't have a personal living relationship with Jesus, He's just a prayer away. And if you just, right where you are, say, I'm going to put my faith and trust in God. You can know what it is to be forgiven. And you can know the gift of eternal life. So wherever you are right now, just pray a simple prayer, a prayer of faith like this. Jesus, today, I choose to put my trust in you. I thank you for paying the price for my freedom. Today, I give my heart to you. And I confess, you are my Lord and my Savior. We pray this in your name. Amen. Come on, everyone everywhere said, amen, amen, amen.